Welcome back to He's Abroad. Back after a, a week off. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Picked a good time for a week off because it came back with a with a bunch of with a bunch of I guess news, sort of news. It's uh, one one big news story, right? Yeah, yeah. One big, yeah so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I gotta, but otherwise, I enjoyed the week off. It's always good to have a week off. Enjoy doing the podcast, but uh, eventually, if having a week off allows you to have more stories that that you can talk about. Because sometimes during the week, especially when you've got like war going on, and you know, there's not like that's kind of the big story as it should be. There's not too much of the funny going on, the funny and the sad and the things to talk about. It's often just all awful horror that everyone can kind of look at and go like, yeah, we shouldn't be killing people. So it's, you know, but now we've got all sorts of stories that are that are filled with filled with all different sorts of takes and things where we won't get in trouble. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, you were traveling a bit, right? Well, in the country, right? Traveling the country, went to a wedding, which is always Close good. enough. Yeah. How was uh, it? Yeah, it was all right. Always good? Wait a minute. You went to a wedding. I, have you good. been to a bad wedding? I've not been to an awful wedding yet. I've not been to a bad wedding. Maybe there's a little drama with somebody there, but I've never been to a wedding where like the the bride doesn't show up, or the groom doesn't show up, or something happens where the bride and the groom are like, "This was an awful decision." That's that to me is a bad wedding when the two people that the wedding's about ends poorly, <laughs> and they're just like, "We made an awful decision, and we need to go think about this," or one of them doesn't show up in the first place. But otherwise, you know, I haven't been to anything like that. I've been to yeah. some weird weddings and I've been to I don't know why I was just talking about this recently, but I find that weddings are it's not really on a scale of bad to good. It's more of on a scale of like generic to great. You know what I mean? Because I think there's this standard wedding template, which is not too far removed from the bar mitzvah template. Or bat mitzvah template, you know they're very similar. Or the, or you the get, quinceanera template, I'm assuming is very. Similar. I haven't been to one of those, so I cannot. I'm assuming comment. it's similar. Yeah, where you basically go to a you go to a venue or hall mm-hmm. or something like that, and then you know you, you the cha cha slide shows up at some point, and that seems like a quinceanera. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I'm assuming it's okay. very similar. Fair enough. I don't know if anybody's familiar, then then let us know. So that's that's why I think of the like I, I've been to some truly great weddings, and then I've been to some truly generic weddings. You know, and that's kind of the gamut. And then the so the generic ones, I wouldn't say they're bad as much as they are just uninteresting and boring because it's like I've been here before. All right. I've had my chicken fingers. I've had my dessert. I'm ready to go. You know, so that that's what that's what I say. I don't know. But, and I and I and I don't want to like I'm not going to name names, but let me just say. <laughs> I can if I want to. I yeah. could. I could. I could set. This well, whole well, that's world. the thing, I right? Whole, like, I could set my whole world ablaze. The thing. <laughs> the thing about weddings is it's not for anybody except for the two people getting married, which is why I kind of don't like the the idea of weddings. Are always like, ugh, like the amount of effort and stuff you put into it for other people, even though it's kind of for you, is kind of the thing that's a little annoying. Yeah, wedding wise, and this wedding that we went to was was exactly what the bride and groom wanted, so it worked. So it was good. Didn't didn't go too long. Nobody was nobody was over over any sort of amount where they were out of control. There's no stories of basically looking at this and going, "Oh wow, I can't believe so and so did that at this wedding." And at the end of the day, they were happy. They they didn't spend a bunch of they didn't spend overly spend a bunch of money. There was no you know there was no really awful things that happened. 
Um, but at the same time, like there was no, there wasn't like a fountain of gold, you know, like it was, it was fine. Mm. It was enjoyable. You showed up, you ate some food, you talked about a few things and you left. Pretty simple. Weddings are at their best when they encapsulate what they, when they encapsulate the couple, you know, the best wedding, when it, yeah, <laughs> the best Go wedding ahead. is the destination wedding. I agree. hundred <laughs> percent. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Where nobody is from. And you mm-hmm. just basically go, oh, look, if you can make it, you can make it. If you can't, you can't. So yep. The best wedding I went to, my friend Mike, shout out to Mike, who I don't think listens to this. He had his wedding in Aruba. It was yep. great. Because nobody's from Aruba. They just picked Aruba. And you get to Aruba, and they're basically like, yeah, who's here? The people that really wanted to be here. Because if they were willing to spend two grand and take time off of work to be here, then great. Then those are the people There's, we want versus the guy who like drove 30 minutes from his house to come to your wedding. So, uh, so yeah, well, destination wedding. It's my opinion. That's t- the there's, best wedding. I think there's two types of people that go to a destination wedding. There's people who will just go above and beyond just to make it to your wedding. And then there's the people who just want an excuse to go to that place where the wedding yeah, absolutely. is. It's a vacation. That's the thing. Everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody wins. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you're like, oh, I don't want to fly to Aruba, then it's like, hey, sorry, you couldn't come, <laughs> right? Because then it's like, you <laughs> yeah. know, you're just not you're just not eating the food. You show up and you you had to pay for a hotel room. You're gonna plan your own activities, right? You're gonna yeah. go figure out stuff to do. You're gonna go, you know, snorkeling or doing whatever. And then it mm-hmm. kind of wraps the honeymoon up there at the same time, right? So everyone else can fly home, and you can just kind of stay there if you want to, or fly to another part of where your of where the wedding was. So yeah, I'm a big fan of the destination wedding. It's more money. But at the end of the day, everyone kind of gets what they want. And also, there's an interesting thing about weddings in New Zealand. No kids at weddings in New Zealand. (laughs) None. Oh, really? I've been to two of them. They don't invite kids to weddings. Weddings are not a place for kids to go. Usually the... uh, There is no ring ring No, there's no ring bear. This is the point. Kiwi weddings. Someone just throws it across the the aisle. Be like, here you go. Kiwi Kiwi weddings have a... they, They could possibly be... From what I've been told, right? I've not been to one of those Kiwi weddings where you're like, oh my God, they can be real a lot because Kiwis like to drink at those oh, weddings. I heard, I heard about it. Yeah. They, also, mm-hmm. they also don't invite they don't invite kids. So there's lots of people so, there who I'm sure have kids. They leave those kids at home because the wedding is a place for them to go have fun, not for some little snot nose to run around about you're tired or let me tie your shoe and oh, look at you spilled, you spilled sauce all over your shirt and you know, you got to entertain the kid. Like, no, like there's no kids. I, I don't wedding. like you the way you're, I don't like the way you're stereotyping these kids. Um, so does that kids mean, awful. <laughs> does that mean there's no chicken fingers at these weddings? No chicken fingers because there's no kids. There's real adult food. I eat chicken fingers as an adult. Yeah, you do. Which means you wouldn't be invited to most weddings. Well, they're they're <laughs> chicken fingers aren't but, really a thing here though either. Though. Like there's not there's not. I would say wow. fish and chips is probably more of a what you would consider like the the, the basic food. Because like everyone kind of loves chicken fingers, right? Nobody hates chicken fingers. It's they're fine. Great. It's a chicken they're really finger, good. and you put in your sauce of choice, right? It's kind of kind of like a blank cabin, Look, canvas. There are there are. Um, Chicken fingers can range, you know, I think the problem is a lot of people, when they think of chicken fingers, they jump to frozen chicken fingers, but you get ham breaded fresh chicken fingers from a place that actually puts care, respect, and love into their chicken fingers. Hmm. Those are some solid ass chicken fingers. Let me tell you something. Special shout out to Alamo Draft House. They have some of the best chicken fingers I've ever had. Shout out to Blue Ribbon Fried Chicken in New York. Some of the best chickens I ever had. Shout out to Tully's in Buffalo. 
who basically staked their reputation on their chicken fingers. And they're not as good as those other two places I just mentioned, but they're pretty good. They're pretty good. So yeah, chicken fingers, don't shit on them. There's an opportunity here in New Zealand. Waffle House, add it to the list. Waffle House, chicken fingers, iced tea, unsweetened. There's... Speaking of new, <laughs> speaking of new restaurant, there is a Taco Bell here. I was in town the other day and I walked by a Taco Bell. It was weird. Haven't been in it, but there's a Taco Bell in Wellington. <laughs> it's just, it's very random. Thought I'd bring that up. Not, not eating there. And maybe I'll no? swing by there and see what they have. But uh, yeah, there's uh, the crazy thing is right the, a grand a grande burrito combo, which looks very un Taco Bell ish. It's like twenty bucks mm-hmm. here, <laughs> so it's like Whoa. they're gonna charge you. They're gonna charge you crazy prices for American novelty down here. So yeah, I thought a- I thought they were working for ways to deter drinking, and then they open a Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah, exactly. Seems well, counterintuitive because yeah, Taco they don't Bell seem to exists understand, for one reason. They don't seem to understand here that fast food's supposed to be cheap. <laughs> yeah, fast that's like when uh, yeah. It's like when Ichiran opened in New York and it was like $30 a yeah, bowl instead of what like the eight we paid in uh, Japan. Yeah. yeah like a Taco like Supreme. I'm I'm pretty sure Taco Supreme is like a dollar ninety nine in America. Mm. It's it's like five ninety. Yeah, Taco here. Bell is like the cheapest shit. Yeah, in it's the five ninety. It's five it's six bucks here for a taco. <laughs> yeah, but that's New Zealand money. So you like transfer that and it's it could be a dollar. Could be real money. It could Mm. be, but it's not. Maybe maybe that's inflation. Is it because of inflation? You think it'll drop? You think so? Two crispy uh, chicken strips with dip with with dip here. Mm Seven dollars. How big are these strips? They're not very big. (laughs) I'm going to send you a picture of it. It's it's this is why obesity is not a problem there because you. Uh, It is a problem here, but just not just just not not just not people (laughs) who can afford to eat a Taco Bell. Look at me make a poor make an assumption trying to give you the. Oh my God, those look so depressing. Yeah, right. And that's seven bucks, seven dollars New Zealand with dip. Yeah, this is get the dip. This is some heinous Photoshop. (laughs) It's bad, right? (laughs) This is like really. This is some of the. This is so bad. (laughs) Can't. Oh, let me show you the beak crunch wrap Photoshop. That one's even better. God damn, Taco Bell! I love it. This is why they charge so much money because they need to hire some photographers, and so they can actually take pictures of their food. Like, God, wow, yeah, they just have (laughs) the same. They just have this one generic background, and then they just. They just pulled these JPEGs from Google search and just well, be like, yeah, totally, we'll just put this in here. This it, is bad. They totally man. went this to the hardware store, bought a bought like a table. <laughs> no, like, there's no table. No, there's no the, table. Well, well, they took a picture of a table and then they, no, they photoshopped. They, let's let's call it what it is. It. They found a picture of a table yeah. online. Yeah. Like like uh free like free what is it called? Like not open source. It's the whatever that is for pictures. Like royalty free. Royalty free. Yes free use pictures and you just use this and then they're like and and then they probably found these pictures you know just randomly chilling on the website and they're like cool we got that we'll cut around it we'll use our trim tool we got the intern and we just throw these in there but who's going to the goddamn taco bell new zealand taco bell's open seven days a week from 10 a.m to 10 p.m so it's not even open oh my god this isn't really taco bell what is it about (laughs) what is it about you people and yeah i do mean you people in new zealand like 
why is everything broken there? Why is everything like <laughs> half measures that the thing you take away the whole purpose of the thing that exists? And yeah, I I do rope in the KFC biscuit as being one of the reasons why KFC exists, just like Taco Bell. Like, the, what is the slogan for Taco Bell in in New Zealand? Isn't the whole slogan around? No, it's Live Moss. I don't I don't know what yes. that means. <laughs> I was so, gonna say what is? Yeah, I don't know. But the, but the whole the whole marketing beat, the whole premise of Taco Bell is you're wasted. It's cheap. We're open. Like that's that's the whole point. Like Taco Bell. If they wanted to stay closed for any amount of time, then their hours should really be the opposite of what they're open until right now. Like it should be 10 p.m. to what did you when did you say they open? 10 a.m. 10. Yeah, that's perfect. 10. Yeah, they just got to reverse it. 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. That's when Taco Bell should be open. And specifically in Wellington, it's in the part of town where people go out and party. So imagine it's 12 a.m. and you want some Taco Bell, and the only thing you can get is McDonald's. It's the only thing. When did the bars close? Bars close around the same, right? No, around three, three, four, I think. It's been a long time. Oh my but I think god, it's Taco three, Bell! What are you doing? Yeah, Dude, who right. the hell opened this franchise? They they, they missed the whole point. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, this country, look. I mean, the country seems like it's in pretty decent shape. But let's be real; they got it. They got to fix some serious problems over there. You know? Yeah, you know, it's not just hanging. Fruit. Not affordable. Not affordable housing. They mm-hmm. got to fix this first. <laughs> This just seems would easy. Be affordable if you can go eat at Taco Bell at three in the morning and it didn't cost you 20 bucks. Yeah. And you're already there and you'll make so much more money. So much more money. Just try it. Try it. There you go. Look, try it. Send us 20%. Who's the franchise owner? Find that out. Go to this Taco Bell. Don't order anything. Just be like, I need to speak to your owner, whoever the franchisee is of this establishment, because I'm going to open another Taco Bell across the street. And we're going to do things right. And I'm going to put you out of business because you fucked up. And I can't give you, I can't give Taco Bell, which in the future is going to be every restaurant in existence, according to Demolition Man. And I, I can't let you guys start us start giving Taco Bell the wrong impression here in New Zealand. You're ruining it for everybody. You're giving yep. America a bad name. This is why people hate our country. They're like, what was the big yeah. deal with Taco Bell? Yeah, you don't know what the big deal is Taco Bell until you go on go in at four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, well, they leaned into that too, didn't they? At some point, when Hell I was yeah, in the they states, did. they they leaned into the fact of like we know watch here, we know why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why watch you're here. any it's watch any commercial. Yeah. Watch any commercial. None of them are in daylight. None. No, they're all at night. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, open late or whatever. I'm trying to remember what their slogan was. Yeah, it was like it's basically like we're open at two a.m. So yeah, yeah. Let's see here. I'm looking up Taco Bell. Yeah, uh, no, it started uh, replaced by the current Live March, which was confusing move for some after the former had graced commercials and packaging for ten years. Oh, yeah, I don't know, but look, they know what they're doing. Okay, they know what there's they're doing. Two, there's a two a.m. Taco Bell song. So <laughs> I mean, people are making songs about Taco Bell, and they're right, and they're right to do it. Yeah. They're right to do it. Anyway, look. There's only one story to talk about, right? Yes, there's only one thing to talk about. There's it's it's multiple are, layers here to talk. We're about. stalling, but we need to talk about the real story, and it's Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. But we're not going to talk about that until media mm. therapy. So first, we'll talk about this other news, which is uh, Will Smith slapping just, the shit out of Chris. Well, just the Oscars, before, right? just the Oscars. before we do that, because we're just going to jump right into this and call it media therapy. Who's, it's all media therapy. 
Who's older? Chris Rock or Paul Giamatti? I, I know this because I now know Chris Rock's age. Chris Rock is pretty considerably dead. older than him. Uh, and Will Smith is younger. Yeah, he is. Will, or he's almost 60. Three, three years older. Chris Rock's almost 60, isn't he? It's like 58. He's 57. 57. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was an easy one because I'm now aware of his age. <laughs> but yeah, did you watch any of the Oscars in general? No, I didn't even realize they were on. So, but I did get an AP alert and a CNN alert basically saying Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what I got was from Alice because I it was on in the house and specifically in New Zealand, right? The, I know that there's a lot of news coverage in the States about well, you can watch the Japan feed or the Australian feed because there's there's no time delay, right? That's a very American thing of like time delaying live broadcasting. We're here after eight this o'clock or so. After after eight o'clock or so, you can curse on TV here, like full on curse on That's national great. TV, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just that you know, it's no one is as prudish as the Puritans of America are. <laughs> so it's just, I, it just is what it is, right? Did I ever tell you about this weird ass show that was on when I was in England, and it was like maybe eleven o'clock at night, and I was watching TV, and someone was talking about how she got a lime caught in her vagina. No. He didn't. Did I, did I tell you that? No. <laughs> no. Anyway, so I was, I was in England and I was watching TV and there was a story about this woman who was talking about how some guy wanted her. Anyway, the point is she got a lime caught in her vagina. That's the story. Yeah. Well, so, well, yeah, there's a show. That's a, that's a European thing. The, the, no. There's a show that comes on national television here and in, and in the UK. It's a UK show called Naked Attraction. Oh, where, yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Where it's basically like you, you go, it's like a dating show, kind of. It's like a show where you try to find a, a match. And basically, they, they start from like the waist down and then they go to the neck down and then they show the face. And then you pick, you sort of get people off each time. Um, no pun intended. You sort of you move them off and go, hey, this person I don't want because I've seen the lower half and I'm not a fan. And then they mm-hmm. move up and go, now that I've seen more of that guy, I want him off or that woman I want, I want, I want her gone. Um, yep. So, yeah, so that's just different on television. So, anyways, um, that was all aired unedited live. Yeah. Here. Sounds um, right. Where Will Smith decided to yell at Chris Rock afterwards. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, look, I didn't watch the Oscars. But I, well, the way Alice wrote this to me at the time was, I'm trying to find it. But she basically said that that Will Smith punched him first. And I was like, what? I was like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. I was like, why is Will Smith <laughs> punching Chris Rock? Um, yeah. Um, it says, I found her message. I found her message. I missed the start, but I think Will Smith hit Chris Rock and then started yelling, keep my wife's name out of your bleeping mouth. And I responded, yikes. And then she said, yeah, he walked on stage and slapped him first. New Zealand sisters were not on top of the swearing like ABC. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, what? And then... I kind of was like, this can't, like, wait, what happened? Is that, because I wasn't watching it because I was at work. Mm-hmm. And then the video starts showing up. <laughs> and you watch this and you're like, wait, what? What is, what is this? Like, he just walked up and, and hit him. Yeah. And then, and then all the things started. And then, you know, Coda won Best Picture. And the only thing that anyone can talk about that the Oscars, which, by the way, Coda 100% deserved to win best picture that was the best movie yeah. i saw last year you it, mentioned it you, deserved you to it. win best picture 
There was no other movie in that category. The rest of them were Oscar bait, and Coda was the best movie of the year from top to bottom. So I'm very happy that Coda won, but no one's talking about Coda. And quite frankly, no one's talking about the fact that Will Smith won, a, won an Academy Award. They do. Richard Williams. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so you didn't watch this live either. You saw it after the fact. No, I didn't even realize that it was happening. Like, I, I forgot that the Oscars and you got an AP alert. On. I got an AP alert and a CNN alert. Okay. So I, I heard about it and I said, and I, I think I chatted. Did I send that to you? Yeah, because I texted it to you. I was like, wait, what? Like, is this real? I think I got I to gotta go up to the talk. Yeah, and I think that. I responded just based on the information of like, yeah, I'm now watching clips on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, of of Will Smith very weirdly kind of walking up to Chris Rock and Chris Rock putting his face forward and Will Smith swinging at him and then walking Happening away. Now. Happening now. This is from the AP. The Oscars ground to a shocked silence after Will Smith smacked Chris Rock on stage <laughs> following a joke about Smith's wife. Smith then cursed at Rock from his seat. I just wrote, what? And you said it was weird. So I'm, I'm interested in what your take and is <laughs> on this. I am. I'm interested in what your if you have any other prevailing thoughts because here's my general thought of this. Right? Of course, there's there's a couple sides to this. Right? There's the and I'm going to start with the side that the black side of this. Right? Where generally the Oscars in recent years have been black people poking fun of the Oscars because just a bunch of white people giving each other awards. Right? That's like always the knock on the Oscars of like, well, there's never there's never any minorities winning awards and it's always just we're Brad Pitt gets to you know get to be shown in the audience and you just have you know it's just white people celebrating whiteness right that, that was a big knock publicly on the oscars of people just clowning the oscars oscars so white right mm-hmm. and so the oscars and i would say whether or not they, they're doing this to actually do it or they're doing this based on perception right? they've they've gone out of their way to include minorities and african-americans into this right like the part that I did see is at the beginning of this is Beyonce dressed as a tennis ball doing a dance number <laughs> somewhere in Compton. That's how the Oscars started for me. And I said, well, I got to go to work. Like it was like right around lunchtime. And I was like, well, I got to get back to my, I got to get back to my machine because I'm still working from home. And she was just dressed as a tennis ball. And she was walking with the, the, the two girls who played Venus and Serena in the Williams sisters movie. And they're just walking around like a big tennis ball in Compton. So I was like, okay, oh. that's the Oscars, right? Great. We got some Beyonce in there, right? They're hitting the boxes. We got black people here, right? Great. We got we got Wanda Sykes and we got Regina Hall and we got Amy Schumer, right? We got three women are hosting the award. We're great, right? We're hitting the boxes, right? We, we're all inclusive. Everyone's involved, right? We keep showing Will Smith, right? And Will Smith and Jada Pinkett have had a very public relationship, which is the other part that I want to go to this, right? So we got minorities and things. And unfortunately, as a black person, the first thing that I thought is, man, they finally let us get some attention at the Oscars, and this is what we do. <laughs> Will Smith walks up there and smacks Chris Rock. It's not that Will Smith went up there and smacked Ricky Gervais. Right? It's not that Brad Pitt up there and smacked George. He went up there and smacked George Clooney. It's not that Jada Pinkett Smith went up there and slapped Wanda Sykes. Right? It's two black yeah. men. And I'd argue two of the most popular black men in media over yeah. the last 30 years, right? Have had television shows, multiple television shows, have been in movies, right? Big billable stars. Obviously, Will Smith, to me, <clears throat> other than Denzel, 
kind of being at the top of that, right? Because Denzel to me is still the top of that over the last 30 years. When you think of a black actor, you think of, you think of Denzel Washington. And now you kind of think of Will Smith. You did before. Basically, like, that's a guy who's not old, but he's not, you know, he's not young either. Right? He's starting to get, he, he was Ali. He's playing all these prominent figures. He's starting to do more, he was trying to do more film-type work versus just action movies and Men in Black. He was a star that could go across all these different genres. And Chris Rock was a bit, I mean, he had that Everybody Hates Chris show. That show was on the air for four years, right? He was a guy that moved over from just doing stand-up comedy to starting to do television shows. He was in Fargo last year. Like, he's, like these guys are two of the biggest black stars that we have. And Will Smith walked up there and smacked him. And I will, I will say this. Chris Rock does not get enough credit. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he could have done verbally after this. Not physically, because Will Smith is considerably bigger than Chris Rock. But I think, I think Chris Rock held back, because I think Chris Rock was going in. Because there's been so much in the news about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. A lot. Open marriages and, and all these things that have been discussed very publicly. And I think Chris Rock showed restraint. I think he was shocked. I think he wasn't actually expecting for Will Smith to walk up there and smack him. That's the last time anyone gets that type of that that type of access to to the stage. By the way, it's going to be a labyrinth to, to get up to that stage again because he walked up there way too easily to slap mm-hmm. somebody. So yeah, my my take is multifaceted. But the first thing I thought is, man, this is black, and this is a very black thought of just <sighs> really, you you couldn't wait till afterwards. You couldn't have this discussion outside or at the party. You had to go up there in front of millions and millions of people, the two most prominent black stars that we have, and Will Smith had to go up there and act a fool. That that was my general takeaway from this. More than anything of assault. And I'm like, nah, like, forget it. Whatever. Chris Rock, I mean, Chris Rock seemed to be fine. He didn't punch him. Right? If he would have punched him, that's a little different. He, sl- he open hand slapped him. It's disrespectful and, it's a little, <laughs> yeah. and, and a little funny, right? Slapping somebody is funny. And I think we all have it in us that if you could just walk up and slap somebody and go sit back down, I think all of us have that intrusive thought in our head at some point during a meeting, during a discussion that you just want to slap. Just I want to slap you and just say what I thought you said was awful. And I'm going to slap you for it. But not here <laughs> and not like this. So, yeah, that was my main takeaway. Sorry, that's very long and rambly. But that's that's my own takeaway. But I'm curious as and I'll say this not disrespectfully as someone who's outside who doesn't have those thoughts that I immediately had. And you're more looking at this of like these are two dudes on an award show. One slap, slap the other. Did you find this more funny? I hope so, because I think it's hilarious. And I don't think I think people immediately turn this to be too serious because anytime somebody slaps somebody in public, you have to laugh. And then you can have all the thought pieces and things, because when I first watched this and Chris Rock's reaction, it was hilarious. I think even Chris Rock, Chris Rock said, man, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Yeah. Even he was just yeah. like, this is like, what a ridiculous thing to happen. So yeah, anyways, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you give your your take on this. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I can't, there's nothing really to disagree with there. My initial take was just one of shock. Like I wrote to you, what? Like this is real? And... My my initial take was not really. I mean, I didn't think about it from race side. So, but it is interesting to hear those things. Like um, Laura Coates was talking about it on Bill Maher, and Bill Maher had an interesting comment from somebody talking about Chris Rock's restraint, and it was it was really interesting. 
Um, but my take was like, man, like Will's got Will's got some shit going on. I felt I felt uh, kind of uh, bad. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He's got some man. shit going on. So yeah, that's that, that's a man that's heard one too many jokes. <laughs> I I don't my my it kind of went from it was interesting because it went from a like a shock to like what to humor to like okay that's pretty funny to just like kind of sadness on why like how we got to this point and why that has to happen it's like dude the guy that was his night. Hundred percent, com- it was his, and night. he just completely right. blew it. And he blew so, it up, and he blew yeah. it up. But at like, the same time, there's part of you that goes, "It's your night, right?" Like no one's ever gonna like the Oscars was a dead event. Like they, yeah, but that's dead. And then it's this not dead is anymore. what it takes. This is yeah. what it takes. And then, and look, like I, I, I keep saying this to the black, and this is why as a black person, it's it's like, yeah, what it takes is for us to act a fool on national TV for it to be back. And it's like, really, like that's what it took. Well, and it's Bill like, Maher, oh, man, like what a shame for a guy like Will Smith, who had, for the most part, has had this image that you could say is fabricated, right? That he's just, you know, he's making music, talking about he's a nice guy and not cursing his raps. And, you know, he's the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Will's a nice guy. Everyone loves Will, right? And that's that's gone, right? Like, it's just done. And so I wonder what happens now where I think his career is fine. Right? Like, sure, you resigned from the Academy, whatever. He got his Academy Award. He's done, right? He doesn't need the Academy. But now he can go no. do whatever he wants. Yeah. I think. But, okay, so so Bill Barr said that just to, to kind of follow up on the race things. This is interesting. It's something that I can't really comment on, but he said this, and he said, um, so he said there was one point left to make. Mar, this is reading from Deadline. Mar related how he talked to an African-American friend at the Vanity Fair party and someone in the crowd raised the question about what would have happened if Rock responded to the slap by fighting back. Quote, he couldn't, Mar's friend said, quote, he had the whole race on his shoulders, end quote. Yeah, but you know what, though? But that's, Chris Rock is a guy. And I'm going to make some assumptions here, right? Just based on the situation, situational awareness, right? Will Smith is 6'2", right? Will Smith isn't a small guy. It's pretty big. Mm-hmm. I'd argue that Will Smith's probably done a couple of push-ups in his life. Sure. Chris Rock is Gemini man? five. Yeah, he's jacked. <laughs> Gemini man. That's that's the reference I, I jumped yeah. to. Chris Rock is 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 a comedian, is a guy who has perfected the last, let's say, 40 years of his life, if not longer, probably 50 years of his life, using his words to fight. Right. Mm -hmm. Like something that I heard was like, that's not the first time Will Smith has slapped anybody. And that's not the first time Chris Rock has been slapped. (laughs) Like the way that that scene played out were two guys who knew exactly what they were doing in that situation. Chris Rock knew he's taken a slap before and and Will Smith has definitely slapped somebody. So that, in my mind, is where it's like, well, no, I don't think Chris Rock was going to jump on him and go nuts. I think Chris Rock is a comedian, and comedians, more than anybody else, are able to take situations and turn them around. I'd argue that most comedians don't get in fights because they're so quick-witted. That's the thing about comedy that I think most people don't appreciate is how how smart you kind of have to be to be a really good comedian. And you can argue whether or not Chris Rock is a good comedian. but like they're some of the smartest people we have as far as conversationally. Like, sure, a lot of them say stupid things, just like every other person, right? They believe in crazy things. But when it comes to quick wit on stage, 
being able to adapt to a situation, to a hostile situation, comedians always pick up words first. Like I, I look at, I look at Bill, um, Bill Burr with the whole Philadelphia thing, right? And sure, you could say that some, like that was a guy who was sat there and crafted ten minutes, or I think it was about ten minutes, of just ripping a city. I don't think he came in there with that. He maybe came in there with pieces of that, but that's a really smart guy who could stand on stage in front of X a number of people and something happens and for you to have immediate thought, reaction, a way to put that together. So I don't think I don't think Chris Rock was even thinking about fighting him. I think Chris Rock was sitting there and he and I think at some point there's audio where Will Smith starts to yell at him and he goes, I could, and then he stops. Because he could have gone into all of the stuff that's happened between Will Smith and his wife over the last year, right? Will Smith's documentary or his um his uh, autobiography, Jada Pinkett Smith talking about this open relationship that they have and all of these things going on. I think Chris Rock was totally prepared to tear him down in a public way that he wouldn't have been able to recover from, and he stopped yeah. himself. So that yeah. to me was more was versus fighting back like whatever people fight back and someone comes on stage and pull them apart and it looks awful but i think the verbal part of that would have been so much worse and so much more cutting and the fact that chris rock at that point said you know what nope i'm just going to continue the show and yeah he stumbled through it but whatever and afterwards he goes i don't need to press charges i don't need to talk but he just gave chris rock the last 20 years of his career material yeah for the last 20 years that's it. Chris Rock's coming down here in New Zealand. And his tickets, all of a sudden, ticket sales fly through the roof. So Will Smith kind of did him a favor in a, in a really awful way by making not that he you know, people, it. not that he needed it, but Chris Rock now is going to maybe return to the Chris Rock of old where he's going to go, sure, I, there's some things I probably shouldn't have said. And I thought the joke that he had was just a bad joke, but I don't think it was this awful, you know, oh, he made fun of someone with a with a with an no. autoimmune disease and a disability. Ale- and alopecia like, is not a I mean, it's it's like a condition. It's not a disease, you know. But look, like, it's something that someone can be self conscious about and can sure, have doubts and specifically. Self conscious about. Like, guess what? You're you're fucking famous, you know. Well, you well can... the other funny thing as well is that Chris Rock famously made a movie about black women's hair, <laughs> <laughs> right? And the first thing, and the, you know, he kind of makes a joke about a black woman who doesn't who, who who is losing hair. Will Smith laughed at the joke. Yes, he laughed at the joke. But people laugh at jokes for all sorts of reasons, right? Laughter is a defense yeah. mechanism. Like, like you can't say that who he's like he was laughing because that's just what you do when you're at the oscars right and then something ticked over to him where well, he looked again, over he saw jada his, yeah she does the there's history roll. here there's history here as well right chris rock has made comments about her before oh. and that's something that i'm sure has come up in discussions with him and will smith seems to be he's at a turning point in his life where he's been publicly embarrassed in a way in being seen as this nice guy that obviously look i'm assuming that will smith was probably a little drunk I'm assuming that, you know, and I'll I'll say this without having any any actual resources or backup. It's Hollywood, right? I'm assuming he's maybe under the influence of something. I'm assuming that Chris Rock was not in the mind of Chris Rock when he woke up the next morning. I'm sorry, Will yeah. Smith was not in the mind of Will Smith when he woke up the next morning. He wasn't, right? He, he was at a party. He was having fun. Mm-hmm. He was about to win an award. I'm sure he maybe had a little inkling of, well, you got a real good shot of winning this one, man. You got to show up to this one. I think you're going to win, right? So he's having a good time. And he gets put in this situation, 
And for me, I think his access to the stage was too much. Like, if I'm the Academy, I look at this and go, no, no, no. The next time, because it was weird. The setup this time was like them sitting around, like they were sitting kind of in the, what I would consider the orchestra pit to be in a movie. Yeah, I noticed that too. It was interesting, yeah. And like his walk up there was just too easy. And I'd argue that like it should be a bit of a walk. And normally you got to walk through a stage and get up by people. And that's something where you can get Will Smith to give a glance and show that Will Smith is unhappy. Or even if Will Smith started shouting stuff from the audience, right? Like I think the shouting and that stuff could have been handled. Because I think then Chris Rockness would have been like, okay, you're going to shout at me from the audience. All right, I went too far. But the fact that Will Smith was able to walk up to that stage and slap him as easily as he did... Like they'll, you'll never have that access to the stage again, even if you're, because again, it's a performance, right? Like that's kind of regardless of whether or not you're sitting in the stands as an actor who's about to win an award or not, you are there for the performance. You shouldn't go up there and slap performers, period. But yeah, yeah, all of the weird think pieces and, oh, this is, you know, you know, let's write an article about how comedians feel about this. It's like, this is a very specific situation. Yeah. What if it was a woman? Was, what if it yeah. was this I, person? That's, what that's if he I did this person? I don't like, want to make on, this those is stupid. comparisons other than for me feeling the way of like, it just had to be two of the most prominent black people that we have going up there. And now the shot, now we're going to have a spotlight on, you know, you know african-americans and their reactions to this or that and all this other think pieces that are going to be written that's just kind of annoying when really there's a there's a really funny element to this that will smith had the gall to walk up there and slap somebody which is still hilarious if you think about it and two that chris rock restrained himself and not not from a physical way but from a verbal way because he totally could have fired back at him he had, a, he had the microphone he had the stage yeah so yeah i look i it's changed the oscars forever it took a dead award it, show. Maybe. Yeah, I think it took a. I, I, don't, I bet you. I bet you it has its highest number numbers in years next year. I bet you. Easy. Uh, I don't I, know. I, I, th- I think the viewership doubled after that happened. I think. Yeah, I think well, it was from people, like because people didn't know what's happening. That was the best free market you could get because now everybody who has any sort of news app on their phone, which is everybody because it's built into phones now, it's like. Hey, buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, my God. You see what just happened? And then, well, the, the Oscars are on. Who knew? I didn't know. I didn't know. 219 follow spike, movies. 219% spike in, yeah. in in viewership after after the, after the incident yeah, happened. Yeah, but I don't think they're them. watching waiting for another slap. Or they, they dug deeper being like, wait, so what happens if he wins the award? And then he did win the award, and they act like nothing happened. Well, that like and that's, that's the interesting that's, thing and that's as well, the that's right? the weirdest yeah. thing about this because, like I said, my my thoughts I I don't really have that many thoughts on it to be honest because I'm just like, dude, this guy's like definitely a bit unstable. There's some personal shit going on. That was a some that was some wild ass shit. Um, it was just how do you just go and get your award and then just go on with your day like. Like literally, you could cut out that thirty seconds or the sixty seconds or so from him getting getting out of his seat to, you know, after uh, after he sits down, says the things, and then you just cut out those sixty seconds, and you would have never known anything ever happened. Literally, the entire show was completely unchanged. But it's the it's the yelling part. I think that was jarring, and I'll say this: I think black anger is terrifying to most people. The way that Will Smith sat there and yelled from the audience was terrifying. I think for most audience, for for most of the audience watching that, because when he slapped, but he him, needed he needed to clarify 
why he he could have said but at the same time i would have i would have been i'm not saying I, that was the right way to do it i'm just but no, saying i'm very interested what would have happened if he went back to his seat and said nothing that would have been really bizarre well, well that's the thing because no, nobody because you wouldn't have even. known you would have thought it was a skit you would have thought yeah, it was some part of the show you wouldn't have thought this was an actual thing that he was upset about because he kind of walks back with a smirk on his face and yeah, he could have just sat it. back like, yeah, down. Yeah, I did that. What's up? Yeah, and he could have just sat down. But then when he's sitting there going, keep my wife's name. And he's sitting there chanting it that way. Very loudly and very angry. I I think that that has more to do with this than anything else, personally. I'm sure, right? We, it's always easy to go to the violence and go, you shouldn't hit people. Fine, right? Whatever. But to me, I think people were terrified with how angry he was. More than the actual, I think when you combine that with him slapping him, that's when it becomes this problematic violence and violence on TV and this type of stuff, right? That becomes more of an issue where if he would have slapped him and sat back down and would have just played it off and Chris Rock could have made some jokes about Will Smith slapping me and you don't know, is Chris Rock just, is this just a funny man telling jokes or is there something here? And if he just kind of would have let it slide, and then you find out afterwards, oh, no, that was real. Like, Will Smith really slapped him. I don't think anyone would have known. I think we as audience would have been like, oh, that was that was real? And then we would have been trying to put it together and how far is too far and comedians making jokes about other people's wives and all this other stuff that's come out afterwards. But it was the yelling. It was the shouting from the audience where at some point Chris Rock goes, okay, okay, I, I get it. I get it. You're upset. And then he has to be consoled afterwards by Tyler Perry and Denzel Washington. All these are the things that come out. I don't think we would have known all that. We would we would still be talking about Will Smith won his first Oscar. Yeah. So real um, quick, I, now what, I, I do. Yeah, there is an article here that's talking about Will Smith's career after this. And I, I wholly disagree with this. Um, I read this very quickly um, where this the okay. guy, this is from Variety. Cool, because then I'm gonna throw because because yeah. then everybody's throwing out these what if scenarios, and I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna give you a what if scenario. Yeah. So this, I mean, it sort of talks about what what is he gonna do, and you know, he used to be Mr. Fourth of July, and you know, people's opinions of will people want to work with him or not? Because they're sort of talking about that the Netflix show he was supposed to be in, you know, doesn't have a director, and what are they gonna do? And then there's Emancipation, that's the Apple movie. Um, again, he started, you know, he's a big he's a producer. He's you know, Cobra Kai, I think, is he's a producer on that show. He's a he's a producer on this new um, this new Bel Air sort of dramatized reboot of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, so some studio exec executives expect that Smith will likely go will likely do some kind of sit down interview with an Oprah Winfrey like figure as a way of rehabilitating his public persona. Although the Smith family has its own in-house talk show red table talk on facebook watch insiders believe that the actor needs to venture outside of his comfort zone or risk being accused of being self-promotional there is an there is also historical drama in smith's past that would make for fodder in such an in such an interview his 2021 memoir will smith details witnessing their father willard carroll smith senior physically abuse his mother the star discusses the pain of failing to intervene on her behalf as a child when he does reemerge, smith should expect to have every word and action dissected and analyzed the margin for error will be perilously slim uh will's not only going to have to be on his best behavior he's going to have to be a saint uh this doesn't mean salvation is out of reach hollywood loves nothing more than a redemption story that may be the most challenging role of his career um so they're comparing it to robert downey jr's battles battles with substance abuse or tom cruise infamously jumping on oprah winfrey's couch um but that's obviously not the same type of collateral damage 
I disagree with that. I don't think Will Smith really needs to do much of anything. No, I, think, I wouldn't sure, do anything about it. I think he can go on and maybe talk about this and talk about why it's wrong and do that, but that's about it. I wouldn't go mm-hmm. and try to... I think Will Smith, I think part of this was him shedding a bit of this I'm not a nice guy persona, which I don't think is a bad thing. It's made him more human, right? And it's, hey, you know, in everyone's worst moments, people do awful things and things that they deeply regret afterwards. And I think you can talk about that, but I wouldn't... I would just go on being Will Smith the movie star. And he's, he's yep. in his 50s, right? Like his career is, he's on the back end of his career just because of his age. And I don't think he needs to necessarily sit here and be so, you know, he's not Robert Downey Jr. in his 30s with substance abuse. It's different. Yep, I agree. I don't think I don't think the apology tour is necessary. He did it. He resigned from the, from the academy. And I, and hey, he may, and, and probably like, Two or three years, he'll probably join back. Like, let's probably. be real. And because people are going to forget about this. Or it's just going to become a punchline. Because at yeah. the end of the day, did anybody really get hurt? No. Chris Rock seems fine. He didn't. He, he's not. And yeah. that's what funny. Like, is he going to press charges? And I'm like, no. Nah, that's it was a just guy a whole. That, yeah, it was a and, weird snap. It was a weird ass moment in time. And if anything, the way that you really did this is if if those two guys can have a discussion with each other in private. Yeah, and come to an agreement, yeah. and then they show up somewhere and talk about this together, and and talk about it in a way that's a little funny. Talk about it in a way that's kind of an apology. Like I think if they could, do, that would buy more. Because in my opinion, I go Will Smith doesn't owe me anything. What he does owe is, yeah, I, I would say he probably owes the Academy Awards something, which he's given them. Right, he's now resigned, yep. mm-hmm. and that's over. Maybe they'll take away his Oscar, whatever he's won it, and he needs to apologize to Chris Rock. Like, yeah. that's kind of it. And if he doesn't want to apologize to Chris Rock, then I'd say that's a guy that's got some more stuff to work through. Because you just, fine, you can disagree with what he said, and you can be upset about it, but you shouldn't hit him. Yeah. So, everybody brings up these scenarios. What if What if he hit Amy Schumer? What if he hit something else? Well, let me ask you this. What if, after Will Smith slaps Chris Rock... Then Denzel Washington comes out and slaps Will Smith. <laughs> and then Tyler Perry comes out and slaps Denzel Washington. Well, no, I think it'd be the other way around, right? And then, I'm not done. Ty- Kevin Hart comes in and slaps Tyler Perry. And then, finally, Morgan Freeman comes in and slaps every one of them. Well, well that's well, you got the order wrong. If you're going to do an order of, of slapping in that way, <laughs> right? I think it's... All right, well, let's put them all on the table then. I've given you so, I've given so you if you're a gonna roster, put an order, I've given you a roster yes. of famous black men. <laughs> yes, so you can do this in a couple categories, right? You can do it by size. All right, or you can do it by by stature in the in the media sphere, right? I think Chris Rock is is going to be the first guy out there, right? Because I would say out of all of those that you named, mm-hmm. he's the one that has the the least amount of clout. And probably financial backing. I could argue Morgan Freeman from a financial standpoint, but he's he's older, so we're gonna put Chris Rock up there. He's gonna be the one telling the joke. So Chris and, is good. So no matter, but you always you have to start with the realities, and that Will slaps Chris. Yes. So so I'm I'm happy to go with that because I would say from an age standpoint, and sure he's bigger in Hollywood, but I would say general general stature across the the sphere would be less. Than, you know what? than any of the other ones, right? So so yeah, and then keep in mind. So here's here's what you got. You got Denzel, here's your here's your roster of people, and then we can determine who's gonna slap who in this order. Okay. So here are your options. Denzel. I've got this figured out. I've got to figure no it out. No way, because I, I got a bonus here for you. We got Denzel, yeah. Tyler Perry, Kevin Hart, Morgan Freeman, and just for shits and giggles, I'm throwing in Morris Chestnut. Oh wow. That's <laughs> random. 
Well, let's leave Morris out of this because you got to change the game. I don't know. I don't know where to put it. <laughs> right. I thought it'd be fun right. to say I like Morris Chestnut. I'm just right. throw it in there as well. So, so, so here's here's you figure my order, he'd right? feel left out if he's there. Is he even at the house? Probably not. No, that's the thing. He's not. Morris right, Chestnut's right, at home. Fine. Okay. Morris Chestnut's home. He's up. Because okay. if you were going to put anyone in there, I would put Tyrese in there. That's he's what not I'm going to the Oscars. You think? He, all right, fine. Tyrese oh, he goes to the Oscars. Right. Oh, really? He's, okay, cool. He's, there he goes. He's been in the Oscars, right? I, yeah, I'm going to add him in there because I, I think I've got the order right. Okay. Okay. Will slaps Chris. Kevin Hart, comedian, sees that comedy is falling apart because now we can attach comedians on stage for the words they say. Kevin Hart goes up there. And defends Chris Rock, right? Defends a fellow comedian. He jumps up in the air and slaps Will Smith. <laughs> Next is Tyler Perry, right? Tyler Perry, because he is the film mogul. And he yep. he he has respect for the process of filmmaking. And he is defending the Oscars as someone who is a filmmaker. Walks up there and slaps Kevin Hart. He gets on at his knees point, and he slaps Kevin Hart. Yes. At that point, at that point, that's where I would say Tyrese is just trying to, he's trying to become more famous. And Tyrese is next and slaps Tyler Perry. Because he goes, if I slap Tyler Perry, I can do more than Fast and Furious movies. After that, Denzel comes on and goes, all y'all need to respect the process. I've won Oscar. I'm a thespian. I acted as Macbeth. And he goes in there and slaps Tyrese. He goes, you've made a fool of all of this, a mockery of all this. And last is Morgan Freeman because he's God. That's the yeah. order. Okay, I'll buy it. I, I you're, this logic is sound. <laughs> this is sound logic. That's sound okay. logic. And then Morgan Freeman gets up there with the mic and goes, "Sorry, white people, for making you have to watch that." Now for good. best documentary, Quest Love, get up here and make this a war. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, that would at least uh, definitely give him his flowers. I mean, he got him, but he would have um, would have had more prominence if that was the award yeah. immediately after that. And more. Yeah, and like who gave it and, after this insane yeah. chain of slaps? Yes. And everyone <laughs> loves and everyone loves Quest Love because I think Quest Love was oh, yeah. like, because like, can we just stop talking about this? I want an Oscar and my yeah. life's going pretty good. And he's like, can we stop talking about this? And so I think I think Quest Love is the one who's just like, yeah, everybody kind of forgot about me, but you know what? It's not that bad. Um, so yeah, I think I, I I think that's kind of where the the order would go because okay. it's tough being and I, I would I would argue this just being a comedian today is really really difficult. I think comedy is in a really interesting spot of where we've gotten to in the world. Like we just are, right? Because people are just people are more sensitive. You can say that they're more sensitive, sensitive, but they're more willing to talk about these sensitivities than ever before. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you can't. It seems to be that you can't touch certain subjects as a comedian without there being massive, massive backlash. And maybe that's the way that it should be, right? Maybe com- maybe comedies existed in this weird homophobic slash racially insensitive slash sexist void for a very very long time and this is actually the changing where you get new comedians right get a lot of women comedians and you get more people telling comedy but also part of comedy is being able to toe that line and being able to say things that are going to be offensive or say things that are going to be right like that uncomfortable laughter that has always been a part of that and maybe it needs to change 
but that's kind of where comedy is. I, I don't think you can stand on a stage anymore and say what you want. I think those days are gone. And I'd argue that there's a lot of really hurt comedians by that. And maybe they should be hurt. And that's a really, again, I'm, I'm not a comedian. Um, I, I watch a little bit of comedy. You're more of a comedy connoisseur than I am. But yeah. I would assume that comedians are talking about this as in this is just more of just them trying to take away what makes comedy comedy. I can't even well, you know, Chris Rock can't make a make a very awful joke about G.I. Jane without getting assaulted on stage. Um, I, I wonder if comedy is going to reach that point where people are going to be less willing to do award shows and specials in these things. But that's always where you get so. the most shine. I, I don't think they are either, because I think if you're an up and coming comedian like Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer was her career was kind of in a really interesting spot. She's been put back in the spotlight. People going, "Yeah, hey, she was really good during the Oscars. She did a good job, right?" Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's just a reaction, and there is definitely a um, oh, are we coming next? Like, no, you're fine. That was a personal thing. Guys got issues. Yes, and yes. you're always everything comes with risk. Every everything in life comes with risk. We talked about it before, and yep. this is one of the things. Well, guess what? You're gonna get there. You're gonna say a bunch of shit. Guess what? You might. Whether or not this happened, you always go up there at the risk that you might touch upon an issue that some unstable guy is going to react in a way that you don't expect. Sometimes they'll just say some shit. That's usually what happens. That's why they got security. Also, how often are you going to be in the crowd where somebody famous can just walk up to you and smack you? No, because if it was anybody, any random Joe, hell, if it was Morris Chestnut, they would have stopped him from going on stage. Right? Yeah, because Morris, yeah, yeah. and But it's Will Smith, right? Will Smith, and I... Yeah. I, I, I I, I'd argue that there's there's an interesting spot that black people reach where you get to a certain level where you transcend race, which I think is what all people of minorities want, right? You want to be judged on your on your ability to create, your ability to do your job, your ability to do things that have nothing to do with the color of your skin. And I'd say this isn't just black people, this is everybody, right? This is mm-hmm. Indian people, yeah. you know, um, Asian people, whoever, right? Where we all kind of feel that well, at some point you can transcend this. But you can't because it's the first thing that everyone sees. And so a lot of my feelings are totally unfair to those two because those are just two guys who have had a who've had a personal exchange in a very public way. But immediately turns into, well, now they're representing all of us. And it's like, but they're not. Will Smith represents Will Smith and Chris Rock represents yep. Chris Rock. But it always gets la- like, get, trust me, you're going to hear a lot of discussion around how African-Americans feel about this and the place in the film industry and yada, yada, yada. I argue like we're, we've made way too much of this. It's one guy really, unfortunately, handling something very poor, handling his emotions poorly and doing it in a public way. And that is the that's the indictment of Will Smith, period, because I'm fine if he would have slapped him afterwards and it shows up on TMZ. Yeah. Exactly, but yeah. doing it there in that way at a place that's like what, like, and again, it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter if you're a woman. It doesn't matter what sexual orientation you identify with. You shouldn't. You shouldn't slap people in the middle of award shows. You shouldn't slap people. It's probably you should slap people. Period. But if you do slap them, yeah. you shouldn't slap them on award shows. Yeah, especially and when you're about to win an I award. I think we've we and my I say this we as in myself included have added in all your own personal things into this. Whether it's comedians taking that side, whether it's black people taking another side, whether it's you know husbands taking the side of defending their wives, right? Like our our boyfriends defending their girlfriend. It turns into all of that where people put their own. Well, if that was my wife, I would have done the same thing. I heard lots of that of people. Some women going like, "Well, this is how it should be." He defended his wife's honor. 
And I'm like, so now you get into toxic masculinity and the job of a husband and a father. And it's like, man, really? We took a moment of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock into that. And that's yeah. the part that's a little disappointing. Anybody who's offensive and be like, that's how you should do it. It's like, mm. How you shouldn't put your hands on people, but how about at the you just same let time, joke, how about we start with the first part, which is like, how about we let jokes be jokes? Well, look, we, and I, I will say, that. everyone has a line, and that's just life rules, whether it's right or wrong. Everyone has a line, and if it feels like you're crossing that line, I would say this is this is just a general rule. You should probably try not to cross it. Yeah, but you and don't know what that line is. You don't. I'd I'd argue with the way that that happened that Chris Rock might know where that line is, <laughs> and yeah, that's alopecia what I'm interested jokes. in hearing now of saying, did he know that there was a line here and he didn't care because he's a comedian? Because comedians go, you don't get to tell me what to say. I can say what I want. That's my job. I can make jokes. And I mean, look, this is Dave Chappelle's take, right? He has made the same trans jokes over, like in three straight specials on Netflix. He's not backed down from that at all. Even though many people have said, hey, you're wrong. Your thoughts on this are wrong. And Chris and, and um, Dave Chappelle each time has gone up there and going, you can tell me what to say. Dave Chappelle. The greatest comedian of all time. You don't get to tell me what to say. I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it. There's something about that form and medium of like the ultimate freedom of speech. But doesn't mean that a Will Smith won't walk up there and slap you. Exactly. Well, fair enough. If that was Dave Chappelle, do you think he would have slapped him? Dave Chappelle's a little bigger. Oh, no. No, I don't think so. I think because I think Dave Chappelle would have hit him back. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And I also think that Dave Chappelle then would have said a lot of he'd, he'd be, he probably would have done a special right there in the parking lot. <laughs> but. I mean, that, that's probably, kind of... Probably would have been yeah. hilarious, too. That's the oh, answer. it probably would have been very hilarious. But that's the... And again, Chris Rock's older. Like, mm-hmm. Chris, Chris Rock, and that's the thing. Will Smith's a little younger. Chris Rock, I mean, Chris Rock probably crossed the line that he knew was a line. And Will Smith just, he looked at his wife and said, oh, yeah, this is the thing that, that you really don't like. Let me go up there and go handle this. And again, I would assume that you're going to find out that Will Smith has alcohol problems or you know, it's going to turn into that type of thing where he had a little too much to drink. But obviously he was still cognitive enough to walk up there and not trip and fall. I mean, that would have been funny if he walked up there and just fell because you're like, oh, wow, Will Smith's really drunk. Huh. It would have been worse. Yeah. But yeah, like it, look, it's interesting. There's all these multiple facets. I still think the underlining thing is it's pretty hilarious that Will Smith had the, had the balls to go up there and slap somebody on national television. I wish, I wish, just once in my life, I could walk up to someone in a public event and just slap them and just walk back. Okay. Just once. Be on the lookout. Bolo, <laughs> be on the lookout. Just on an award show, slapping a guy. <laughs> just once. Just once. The guy says the wrong thing, and I walk up there and just slap him and walk back to my seat. I'm not going to yell at him. Just I'm gonna just going to sit there and chill out. Like, oh, that's the thing you wanted. Well, that definitely devolved into a, a reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. So with that, I'll say uh, <laughs> enough of that. Enough of that shit. Let's get on to some real media therapy. I got Not one thing to weeks. talk about media therapy. One thing. Do it. I watched Moon Knight. So did I. And I was going to say, we don't have to talk about it, but you've watched it. So let's talk yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. How'd you like it? I liked it. 
I'm a wow. big Oscar Isaac fan. I liked He's it. Good. You know why? Because I didn't really know what was going on, and I think that's kind of the point. It's a TV series. They're going to show me what's going on. Ha- had a little too much venom in it for me. Oh, with the with the voice with that <laughs> with the guy, guy talking. Who talks yeah, like I don't this. know. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Scarab and run. It was weird. Like that. Oh, that the voice. idiots back again. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that it's a little odd because yep. it's just like we've already done this. But I will say I like Oscar Isaac. His accent's a little weird. <laughs> but that's the point, right? That is the point. Yeah. His accent's a little weird, but that's the point. I'd I'd say uh I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the spectacle of it. I enjoyed the character, the end, the reveal at the end, I thought was an awesome way to do that. Yeah. I, I'm in on this show. I like it. And I like Oscar Isaac as well, which is which is probably why. Because if I'm gonna pick any actor in this universe, He's he's good in everything that he's in, even if what he's in isn't very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. And he's like an interesting shapeshifter kind of guy. Like he always looks different. Well, he's and he's also racially ambiguous. He is? What, is well, right? what is he? He's Guatemalan. I, I, I just thought he was white. Oh, okay. Fair enough. He's Guatemalan. <laughs> okay. Fair right? Like, I mean, that's the thing. He's got two first names. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just, yeah. Yep. Even though I, th- I think his last name is Estrada. I pronounce that with the right flourish on there. Estrada okay. is his last name. So oh, I know Estrada. I wonder Isaac. if they're related. If, if Eric Estrada and Oscar Isaac, if they're related, it might be. But yeah, his name is just Oscar Isaac. That's his film name. So you just go, okay, he's got a pretty ambiguous name. He's born yeah. in Guatemala. He's, he obviously grew up in the, in the States, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. He's Cuban and Guatemalan. So he's Oscar Hispanic. Isaac Hernandez Estrada. Yeah, so he's Hispanic, but you just wouldn't know. He's just kind of ambiguous. He can play a Middle Eastern character. He can play a Hispanic. He can play, kind of play whatever he wants. So, yeah. yeah, big big Oscar Isaac fan. So I enjoyed watching him in this. And the series, I was expecting, I was like, okay, another Marvel thing. But I watched it and go, okay, I can I can get with this. This is cool. Dude, that cool first character, scene, a little darker. It's good. That, that first scene with Ethan Hawke? Yeah. <laughs> doing his best Kevin Bacon impression? Like, yes. uh That was... But that first scene with him, like putting glass in his shoes, mm. interesting, yeah. interesting way to start this series. I was like, yeah, it's what a lot. am I watching? And yeah, I thought it was interesting. And I thought I was, I was kind of annoyed because I was like, this, this would have been the perfect, this would have been the perfect time to do a two episode premiere. Cause I immediately like by having that reveal of the moon knight character itself like right yeah. at the end i was like okay well let's see him do a thing as moon knight and it's like well you're probably not even going to get that in the next episode they'll probably just do a little back and forth stuff and then show it but i was like let's let's see him do some moon knight shit yeah and then it was like well you gotta wait a week and i and, keep, yeah. and i need to and let me be clear i love i definitely prefer the week to week thing i don't like the binge shit it takes too long but i could take it i could take 30 minutes out of a wednesday well 45 you know, that's fine Whatever. That was, that was 45 minutes. Yeah, minutes. but I enjoyed I it. I thought it was good. I'm with you. I love Oscar Isaac. I, I can't wait to see him as uh, assuming the movie actually happens in the Metal Gear Solid movie. I, I would love to see him as a uh, solid snake because that's, yeah, that's what I mean. He's just racially ambiguous, which, which is a He's great place good. to be as an actor because he can just be the he could be the character. Um. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the whole trippiness of it. Like to me, this is a bit more. I hope Doctor Strange takes some of these paths because Doctor Strange as a character should be way more scary and trippy. I mean, that was one of the better parts of the Spider-Man movie when he sort of, you know, it sort of turns into the math of what he's doing. 
of sacred geometry. It's very cool. Um, but this this show has very similar sort of darkness in its Egyptian gods and you know the history of the mythology of Egypt. I just think it's really cool. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I I still haven't watched the other thing that came out. What was the other Hawkeye? I never watched Hawkeye. But oh, I really I really liked Hawkeye. Hawkeye didn't watch it, but like this to me, I like I like Marvel going a little darker personally. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I enjoyed it, and I'll I'll watch it week to week. Oh great! Well, looking forward to that. Um. Nothing else? That's it. That's all I got. All right. I got two things to talk about. First, Tunic on. Oh, well, actually, first, I finished Horizon Forbidden West in the last two weeks. Oh, yeah? yeah. Still still, still playing it, as in I turned it on. I got an hour through, and I haven't touched it since. Yeah. Um, game's good. If you don't like the first, after you get into that open plane and you play that for a few hours, you don't like it. Guess what? It's more. It's, you're not going to like the rest of the game. Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Very pretty. Complete bonkers story, but I really enjoyed it um, for what it was. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked it. So then after that, I said, okay, well, I need to do something. I, I like to have a little bit of a palate cleanser, do some smaller stuff. So I played, I've been playing Tunic on Xbox, which is basically like a classic style Zelda game where you play as an adorable fox. So last year death store got a lot of praise and rightfully so that game was great and this is this kind of reminds me of death store but instead of playing as crow you play as a fox and i'm enjoying this one actually more than death store i don't know why but i find the the premise to be very well i don't know what it is it's just um it's super light on explicit storytelling death store had a little more of that and it was also a lot darker this one is it almost looks like the um, the Zelda game that came out, the the remake of Link's Awakening, where everything looked like a bunch of toys, like very simple geometry, but it had this very cool popping art style. And it goes in different directions than where it starts. But along the way, it doesn't tell you really anything on how to play the game. But along the way, you find various pages of an old game manual, and that will slowly fill you in on how you, on how various mechanics in the game works. And it's just, perfectly paced so it's not frustrating while simultaneously encouraging you to explore and figure out what to do next but the map is not in any way overwhelming in scott in size and i've just been uh, having a really good time playing this game i'm probably gonna finish it tomorrow i'm in the last section i believe and yeah the game's great it's not super frustrating it's like a lot of these games they have that soul style where you know you lose all your money that you've collected here you just lose a little bit of it so it has a little bit of those tendencies but it's never punishing and the checkpoint system's really good so um while it's tough at times it's far from like absurdly difficult so yeah tunic recommend it great time it's on game pass on xbox i think i don't think it's on pc game pass but really really great yeah and the other game i've been playing is Kirby and the Forgotten Lands and holy shit this game is incredible. This is a great 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 goddamn video game. All right? It's the game where Kirby ju- eats a car, right? This is the game where Kirby swallows a car. <laughs> or at least or at least attempts to. Kirby swallows a lot of weird things in this game. Uh he the mouthful mode is the gimmick, but there's a lot of other interesting shit that they do in this game. Like you there's specific character there's specific abilities that you can obtain and then you level those up and they evolve. And so like if you, if you're swallowing like one of these knights guys and you have these sword 
sword abilities, there's like three stages of that where the first stage is just like looks like that character, right? Like when you follow the smash character and then you take that character's form. Um, the mm-hmm. second one is now you have this giant sword instead of that other one. And you could change these, you know, between levels, you could go back and change the, um, what the ability is like. And then third one, it's like your meta knight. So, so you have like these, these wings and you do like this crazy combo ability that I just actually learned how to do today. I was like, holy shit, this thing cuts through everything. It's awesome. Um, and then you shoot like laser blasts if you have, you have a full health. So but then, then you got this mouthful mode where Kirby's like, like you said, swallowing cars, which will lead to these um, quick driving uh, situations. And then you have, you could swallow um, these cones where then you could basically become like this walking spike that you just drop down on things and break through uh, and break through ground or, you know, drop down and defeat enemies that way. Um, yeah, the, the game is gorgeous. It's just a lot of fun. It's Kirby games usually have a tendency of being like the easiest games in Nintendo's portfolio. That kind of happened since um, Epic Yarn, I think it was the one on the Wii, which the art style was very cool, but the game was just stupidly easy. And then um, and then Yoshi is also kind of the similar boat. But this one, while it's still easy, if you just want to go through the game, it's also just right it doesn't feel stupidly easy and it's got some light exploration elements so you're going Mm. you're going through levels and you might see a little corridor off on the side so you go off to there and then you're gonna and then that will reveal like an upgrade for one of your power up for one of your uh, abilities or it'll one of these hidden waddle dees or whatever they're called that you're collecting along the way to populate your town uh, so you could unlock more things in that thing. And, and at the end of the day, the game is just a series of levels and it is a massive collectathon of collecting a bunch of shit as you're completing these levels. And I love it. I cannot say enough good things about it. There's actually co-op in the game, so you could play two players. I haven't done that. Um, but I I can't say enough good things about this game. I, I was I was pretty hyped for this game. I'm pretty sure earlier in the year we were talking about it. You were like, what's your most anticipated game? I was like, Kirby, I think, is is up there and i actually thought it was this kind of open world like experience it's not that at all it is definitely a level by level game and yeah i i am i figured i was gonna like it i did not think i would like it this much oh that's cool. so real really pleasantly surprised already knowing that i was gonna enjoy it but wow what a great game just not, never going to get over this video. I'm sorry, I was watching the trailer as you're talking about this and him Dude. swallowing this car. It's funny. There are so many crazy things that happen. And Kirby is just, I never, I don't think I've ever really appreciated Kirby as a character <laughs> and his, and his design because this thing emotes in some of the silliest ways. Like there is a fishing mini game and Kirby fishing wearing this fisherman's hat is one of the, most ridiculously adorable things I've ever seen. Like, if you look up a video of just Kirby fishing from from this game, I recommend it because the faces they make him uh, put on are absolutely. Are you watching it? Did you find it? I am watching this. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's not a thing that should exist, but damn, am I happy it does. He's he's sitting on this little folding chair. Yeah. <laughs> by this little lake. 
Yeah, and he's just, and he's just like very happy around different angles. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. it's all so happy. Meanwhile, yeah, it, it, like every, all, there's all this dark stuff going around him, and you're going through abandoned abandoned shopping malls or through uh, like volcanoes, and, and it's like, why are these things happening? I'm not really sure. The story is bonkers, but who gives a shit, man? It's Kirby. He's doing Kirby things. He's he's swallowing vending machines to shoot to like rapid fire um, soda cans. He's uh, man. Oh my god! The most ridiculous one is when you just see a pipe, like a leaky pipe, and, <laughs> and then Kirby just like wraps his mouth around that thing and just becomes this like big blob as you like spit water out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i've never played Play a kirby, kirby. the only Play time i've ever played kirby. anything with kirby is smash that's it yeah which is made by the same team that made this how yeah, laboratories which, which which is good because they uh, they're the ones that have made kirby a household name you should play this game with alice i think you should do that right, maybe i will yeah because it's insane even if you just play the first hour and just watch this cutscene because even you you saw the video of him swallowing the car in the trailer, but some reason, and I watched that trailer like three or four times and just because it was so ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure like I laughed. I still laughed the hardest when I saw this thing actually happen in the game, because for some reason contextualized until why it happens is even more ridiculous Hmm. than it is in the trailer. Like there is so much wacky shit in this game. And I, and I commend them. No, only Nintendo can do this kind of stuff. And I like that. They just double down on some of these gimmicks and look, sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. This hundred percent worked. I, I, the last time I had this much fun with the Kirby game was in uh robobot where he was in a mech on 3ds. And yeah, that that's another thing that happens, <laughs> but this, this is easily the best Kirby game. Like it's not even close. Maybe I, I do have a soft spot for uh, Kirby pinball on Game Boy, but this one is uh, this one's easily the best. And I and I would honestly, with the amount of fun I'm having with it, I'd probably put it on a similar stage on a, on a similar level as like Mario 3D World. That that's a ballsy thing to say, but I, I really really am blown away by how much hmm. I enjoy this game. So All right, I might have to play it. Play Kirby, everybody. There's a demo, actually. You can play the demo. You don't even if you don't want to play the full game. But I, oh, from what I understand, I've heard mixed things. There are people are saying that the demo performance is not as good as the main game, hmm. which makes sense. Yeah, because the demo is a demo, right? No, it's not that. It's just if the if a demo was submitted before the game was final and they never updated it. No, that's my point. Code, a demo is a then. demo. Like it's it's a game that's out before the actual game. Yeah. So yeah, well, usually, you can right? The demo it, comes yeah. out. Yes, you can chunk out a couple of, a, you know, a level or a couple of, you know, thirty minutes worth of content on a demo that you can get out to get people interested in pre-ordering or buying the game is often done before the game is actually done. Right. You don't make demos exactly. after usually. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, that's all I got to say about that. I love it. Um, and I just picked up Ghostwire Tokyo for PS5 which is actually has mixed reviews, but for some reason I am being oddly drawn to it and it's not at all the type of game that I would normally play, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's interesting to me and I, and it's apparently only about like 10 to 15 hours long. And I'm like, that's perfect. So I'll have a, I'll have an update on that next week. So I'm gonna start that tomorrow. 
after I finish Tunic. I'm going to go from uh, playing as this adorable fox to um, creeping around a demon-infested Tokyo. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, All right. that's yeah. it. I don't have anything else it. other than, yeah, daylight savings time. So, uh, yeah, we'll be doing the, the we're eight hours difference now. So the, the golf has increased. Well, apparently we're uh, abolishing daylight savings in this country. We've talked about it here, too. It. Yeah, same here. Cool. Good luck. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, review us. Do all that stuff. iTunes, Spotify. We'd appreciate it. And until next week.